I hear babies crying. I watch them grow. They'll learn much more than I'll ever know. And I think to myself, what a wonderful world. Sit on down at the dinner table for a life lesson and a big hug. This week we're watching Family Matters on The Showdown. Welcome, everybody, again to the pod, and as always, the showdown is recorded in front of a live dog and cat audience. My name is Cliff, and this is the podcast where I, a television idiot, discuss one epic TV series with a television expert. So, Colin, how are things in TV land today? Well, I only have one thing to say. T-G-I-F. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Here we go. Yep. (laughs) T-G-I-F. Both today... And in terms of what we're talking about today. Well, that's, it's, it's, a, it's multi-purpose, clearly. Yeah. So today's topic, of course, is the, is the show Family Matters. I, I would venture to say most people are probably familiar with this show. If not, they need to be. Uh, well, they, they, they should. But we'll get <clears throat> into it. Perhaps a little preview of our, our feelings <laughs> on the show. So uh, for those who, who aren't, maybe we can kind of start out with, uh, with the overview here. So sure. uh, the air dates for this show were the, the years 1989 to 1998, uh, the formative years of my childhood. I was nine years old when this show started in the same year as The Simpsons and kind of, I don't know if it's on the same level with me, but pretty close. I would say I grew up with this uh, with with this show, as I think probably a lot of people in one way uh, or another. Uh, the networks that it aired on, of course, were ABC for the first eight seasons, then a ninth season on CBS, where CBS actually purchased the show away, along with Step by Step from the TGIF block uh, and tried to compete. Uh, the ratings tanked and it did not work for them. <laughs> not, uh, they're not laughing at you, CBS. We're laughing with you. Hopefully enough years have passed that you had a sense of humor about your colossal $22 million failure, I believe, was the purchase. Well, product. I know Family Matters had a sense of humor about it. They had some burns on ABC in that final season. We'll they, get into it. They we certainly did. It. They that certainly did. Uh, yeah, so the, the format of the show, of course, was 30-minute sitcom uh, with live audience three cam traditional uh, sitcom. We, we'd previously done a review of Friends on this show, and I think I remarked about how it felt a little weird with the laugh track in the audience. This show, I don't know if I just got used to it, but didn't feel quite as out of place. Yeah, I mean, it, it's just, uh, it's very, it's like comfort food as far as sitcoms go. Yeah. Uh, it ran for nine seasons for a total of 215 episodes, and top billed cast, we have everyone's favorite, Reginald Bell Johnson, Reggie. <laughs> Kelly Williams, Darius McCrary, Jaleel White, the ever-wonderful Joe Marie Payton, mm-hmm. Rosetta Lenoir, Brighton James, Sean Harrison, and Jamie Foxworth. Jamie Foxworth. So so unfortunate, the, the story of Judy and Jamie Foxworth yes. in this show, which we'll, uh, <laughs> we'll talk about. <laughs> so so a, a, a good cast. I think we'll, we'll probably get into it a little bit later, but I think, it, you know, a, uh, a lot of strong character actors in that cast that I think helped carry the show yep. pretty well for what it was. And again, it was on for nine seasons, which in TV sitcom terms is a long time. 215 yep. episodes is a, a lengthy run uh, for any show, much less a show that's um, trying to survive in the what was the swamped sitcom world, I think, of the of the early and, and mid-90s. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the description of this show is, uh, is as follows. Policeman Carl Winslow has enough to deal with on the job, but when he gets home, he has still kids to handle with his wife, Harriet, his mom, a sister-in-law, and Urkel, the nerd next door who doesn't understand that he doesn't actually live with the Winslows. Yeah, I mean, that's a perfect description. It's all about Carl Winslow. Yeah, the show, it's... Oh, boy, yeah. Um, (laughs) They kind of buried the lead there, I suppose, in the the description. Uh, So you want to talk a little bit about the ratings and awards? Yeah, yeah. It surprisingly did not have that high a ratings on IMDb, a Mm 6.6. TV.com was a little nicer. It was an 8.7. But there were no awards to speak of as far as the big three go for Golden Globes, Emmys, or SAG Awards, but it did get three Image Awards, NAACP Image Awards, for Jaleel White in 94, 95, and 97. Yeah, notable for Best Actor. I think that's interesting because he was pretty young. I think he's older than the part is that he plays. I think they play him a little bit younger, but still a teenager when he started uh, playing this part, and so it's pretty, you know, 
significant award to receive when you're when you're that young of an actor. Uh, so notable filming locations. This is a this is a straight up studio show. They did a couple of on location shoots in Disney World, and they take a Paris vacation. So they do some some of that sort of stuff. But for the most part, shot on the Warner Brothers Studios uh, in Burbank, and 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 really shows definitely some overlap of some some other kind of traditional areas and some common uh, shooting themes and that sort of stuff. And so I, that was interesting. That the top rated episode for Family Matters uh, was uh, season five episode seven grandmama rated at an 8.0 of course the fabled episode where the nba superstar uh freshly drafted out of unlv where he played under jerry tarkanian okay. uh, you might be interested this to is, know that's a different <clears throat> podcast uh, i don't think, I don't think perhaps, anyone cares perhaps. tune in next time for nba talk with the, so uh but it's a, a, a timely guest guest star appearance which sure. i think is interesting there's a lot of weighty episodes in this show they take on some interesting topics all sorts of stuff police yeah. violence and uh the whole gamut was i think it pretty it pretty well yeah, it's a very um, ambitious show for a sitcom. Yeah, for this one to be the top-rated episode was was kind of interesting. It was straight up a guest appearance that made the teens happy uh, <laughs> when he showed up and started dunking with with Urkel. Sometimes um, that's all it takes. Sometimes that is there. There is a magic formula, and it is yep. uh, face recognition. Yep, uh, for sure. <laughs> In television, and dunks. Don't forget the dunks. <laughs> oh, you don't. I'm gonna forget those dunks. Don't forget the cross dressing. Uh, yeah, you know, we're gonna pump up our our uh, our Reeboks, and we're gonna get those dunks. So, so our, the familiarity disclaimer before. Before we move on to uh, to some more uh, specific thoughts, is uh, you know, our, our, for us, you know, we watch different shows. Sometimes we've seen a lot of the shows. Sometimes we haven't. Sometimes Colin has seen more than I have, and vice versa. This one. We've seen every episode. Uh, we saw it in its original run, have seen it in syndication here and there, uh, I think, a little bit. And then we did a rewatch here where essentially we uh, watched, the, you know, of course, the series opener, all the season finales, significant episodes, all that sort of stuff. So consumed quite a bit of that. But before that, I, I remembered most every moment of this show. I, I think I wrote down specifically, our lives are literally built on this show. That might be more <laughs> Yeah, I think that's me. more true for you than it is for me. I think for me, I... Uh, you know, I remember watching it. I, I, you know, as soon as the theme song started, I was like, oh, I know this one. Um, but, you know, I, I just don't remember the show that well. I feel like I probably oh remember other sitcoms a little bit better. But no. none, nonetheless, the rewatch was sort of, okay, this is jogging a little bit of memories for me. I, I don't feel like I was a very strong devotee of TGIF when I was a kid. I feel I, like I watched it periodically, I, but not what's, what's strange for me is I, I don't know that I was either. This show I remember vividly. Yeah. Like the, I, I remember some Full House and some of those shows that were in there, and some of them not at all. This show, for whatever reason, was like right right in my my kid brain um so for anyways for, so for those of you that uh that aren't so familiar uh with the show we'll do a quick a quick replay of the of the of the show's theme song which is one of my favorites here in, in a segment we like to call theme song jukebox it's a rare condition this day and age Reading the good news on the newspaper page And love and tradition of the grand design Some people say it's even harder to find Well then there must be some magic clue Inside these gentle walls Cause all I see is a tower of dreams Real love bursting out of every scene Okay. <laughs> you couldn't leave it alone. It was, it's just so perfect. We, I have no commentary to offer on that theme song because it is the best theme song ever, maybe, of all shows of all time. But it ends with the word family, which is the first word of the title it's of the show. just the self, self-restraint is what we're asking oh, for here on the, on the showdown. I so I, I, but I do agree. It is one of, well, certainly one of my favorite theme songs. A lot of shoulder dancing happening oh, yeah. here as the, as the theme song plays. It's just, it's a good, feel-good 
timeless. It's 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 good stuff. Timeless it's chicken chicken soup. Uh, for the song soul so uh, <laughs> you know it's worth mentioning before we move along here too not the only theme song for uh, for Family Matters for the first four episodes before it went into syndication when they originally aired the original theme song was Louis Armstrong's What a Wonderful World which is what the quote is from uh, at, at the top of the show which is also a, a pretty fitting theme song given the lyrics in the show's content so I think two pretty strong choices I don't I you couldn't find anywhere what the reasoning was for changing it from that to this if it was licensing issue or Probably, yeah. uh, stylistic choice or whatever but um, I, I think the right choice for me, but uh, Louis Armstrong's What a Wonderful World, obviously, it's, is a classic. It's a great song. Mm-hmm. I love that song. But yeah, this as days go by, I just couldn't have said it better. You know? Yeah, for sure. So, uh, so anyway, so let's move along to uh, the part of the podcast where we get to, to break it all down. Colin, are you ready for your close-up? Absolutely. So close-ups is our part of the show where we we talk a little bit about our thoughts and feelings on on the show more specifically. And so, Colin, maybe it's worth kind of stating up top, and this has probably already been uh, understood by anybody listening to this podcast. <laughs> yeah, in case you hadn't noticed. Uh, I, I, I dearly love this show, uh, uh, yes, and so yes. I'm, I'm not going to have a lot of... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> a lot of derogatory things to say. So I, I do think there's some some stances that I want to take, but for the most part, my thoughts about the show and most of the notes that I took, which are quite plentiful, uh, all follow <laughs> the same pattern, which are, uh, you know, nuggets like, uh, I want to hug everyone in the show, <laughs> Carl is my dad role model, Harriet is a national hero, so on and yep. so forth. Yep, um, I agree so, on all points. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, perhaps not a lot of um, radical takes here. You know, that's that's kind of where I land on it. So how about you? Same? Yeah, no, I feel, I feel very similarly. I think there are a lot of things I really, really loved about the show. It's, it's kind of a sitcom cliche in so many ways. You know, one of the things that I kind of first noticed was that uh, there are lines that we've heard on it, practically every single sitcom. You know, the, the pilot had a scene where um, Eddie is offering to do chores and the parents give the old, who are you and what have you done with my son? And it's just such a cliche. But I was laughing the entire time. That's what's so funny. It's all about execution. It's all about how well it did all of the stuff we expect to see in those kinds of shows. And I just thought it was incredibly great. Yeah, I think I think the jokes hold up for the most part. They're yep. certainly dated and there's a lot of cliche stuff in there. But I, I think for... The tone of the show and how they set up the Winslows, like it, it, yeah, it, it, love it the Winslows. accomplishes the task for sure. And I think yep. as a family, uh, the Winslows is TV family. Yeah, uh, they're not real. I have to keep telling myself that, which is a kind of a bummer. Is that the Winslows don't actually exist? But uh, as TV families go, I think they're they're pretty well rounded in terms of um, uh, dialogue and kind of the right mix of you know jokey jokiness and and uh, you know the kind of heartfelt after-school special life lessons that they... they Yeah, I mean, that's one thing that the show does really, really well, is that it's really funny, it's really silly, and then it has moments, especially around sort of the police storyline, the fact that Carl Winslow is a police officer, and and eventually that Eddie wants to become one too. It's very, very serious at times, and it's very dramatic and heartfelt, you know, not just heartwarming in a a family sense, but really just kind of deep and emotional at, at times, which is, you know, just incredibly well done across the board yeah you know they that's one of one of the few uh friday night sitcoms i can recall that was was brave enough to shoot a dramatic scene in a fake graveyard yeah. uh, at the end of one of, one of their seasons yeah. there were no jokes in that entire segment of the show and so it's you know it's a little weird because you can tell they're cardboard gravestones but <laughs> you know at the same time like it's you know it, it's a it's a thoughtful take on on the the point that they're trying to make with the show and so I, I think i do appreciate that absolutely absolutely yeah so um you know it was, i guess there's maybe it's a good time to talk about the the arc of the show i think i think i do have some feelings on quality of the show from beginning to end because it gets real crazy oh, towards yeah. the end oh, of the yeah. show it's, real it's crazy. one of the unique things i think <laughs> about the show and it, I, I i remembered as i was watching but i'd forgotten exactly how crazy the show gets. I had made a note here towards the end of our, our rewatch that just says there's some questionable science in later seasons, time travel, <laughs> dot, 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 really. Um, you know, there there's Urkel changing machines and there's time travel and there's all sorts of just some some pretty bizarre stuff. Cloning. That, there's some cloning that yep. goes on. There's a cloning machine that's built for you know for um, uh, reasons still unanswered and, and, and <laughs> immediately destroyed. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, I, 
they the writers clearly you know started the show with a, a, a mission they accomplished that mission by the end of the first season and then decided to you know perhaps do some drugs and drink some drugs and uh you know <laughs> and swallow some more drugs and uh you know just kind of see exactly how much they could get away with which as it turns out was an awful lot yeah it was a lot especially because cbs was willing to pick it up after that time travel mm-hmm. episode but well it, it's anyway. what's i mean it, it still did really great ratings yeah, the ratings yeah. peak for the show was in seasons five and six if i remember correctly although it's ratings were pretty high all the way through except for, sure. for the uh, the very last season, which still in, in TV terms is pretty good. Especially compared to today's standards. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, and so it's it's uh, it, it certainly got a little bit bizarre. Another note I made for myself was that the pirate episode is is super bizarre. There, there's an episode where they time traveled back uh, specifically to a pirate ship, and some of them are in pirate costume and some aren't, and then Laura shows up and she's fighting pirates with a, with a saber, and it's, it's uh, pretty... It's pretty strange, all in all. It's definitely you, something that's... Yeah, you just jumped right over time travel. Like, that's not the most insane part of the show. They literally time travel. Yeah, you know, it's... It's um. It's weird. I mean, they, they just kind of were like, okay, we're all just going to decide that Steve Urkel is a scientist, and he's super smart, despite how clumsy he is. All of his inventions instantly work, which is kind of amazing. And, you know, fun to watch on a certain level, but... A little insane to watch on the same level. Yeah, it's and maybe that kind of I mean, it's a good segue to um, talking a little bit about the the unavoidable topic yeah, here, which let's is get which into is it. Steve Urkel. Yep. Where to start with with the Urkel paradox? So I'll start. He he's really obnoxious, <laughs> and I find myself I found myself very annoyed at kind of the sitcom cliche of the wacky next door neighbor who always comes over who has a catchphrase and you know the the kind of uber nerd it was it was just amazing how great the show was on its own and then they introduced that and that was what kind of took off yeah they they clearly made the right choice like they they saw something and and figured out uh that they you know they had kind of struck struck gold i I think uh, i found myself you know with urkel again looking back at it now like it's clearly cheesy um but there's some good jokes in there i I think the problem is urkel's turned up to 100 and they probably needed him at like a 40 yeah or just fewer scenes with him yeah you know it's certainly he he dominated the show by the by the end of the series i I don't know that there was a there weren't many plot lines in seasons that were 22 episodes long a piece that didn't involve or center around um that character which is which is really strange, I think, in all, all in all. Yeah, I mean, do you want to give your best rendition of that catchphrase? I, I'd, I'd love to hear yours, okay. actually. All right, let's see. I gotta put my glasses on, do the suspenders. Okay. <laughs> all right, you ready? I'm ready. Did I do that? Okay, it was Urkel here. Okay. Well, that's amazing. Is it? Was that you or was that? That's that's incredible. That he, has, that he's traveled forward oh, in time clearly to be right. here on the showdown today. <laughs> he amazing. has a time machine. What can we say? <laughs> so so maybe uh, we'll talk a little bit more about our, our, our feelings later on. I'm sure Urkel's going to come up oh again and again. Yeah, I think uh, so. Let's talk about some trivia with this show. There's some really interesting things I think about this show that some things I didn't even remember or notice kind of in the. Uh, the first time I was watching it, the, the first one, I think the most interesting is that this show uh, is actually a spinoff. It's a spinoff of Perfect Strangers, mm-hmm. uh, where I think it's Larry and Balky, perhaps, the names of okay, those characters. Okay, you know the names of those characters. I, I think I know Balky. I think it's, I think it's, it's, it's co- Larry. Cousin Larry. Yeah. Uh, they both work at the Chicago Tribune, uh-huh. uh, which is, or the, I'm excuse me, the Chicago Chronicle, uh, where Harriet is the elevator operator. Mm-hmm. And famously in the first, the second episode, second I think episode, she loses she her job off. as the, yeah. uh, gets laid off. First replaced by an, an automatic yeah. uh, elevator, um, and goes back in and fights for a job, and is eventually hired as the head of security yep. for the Chicago Chronicle. And so she appears in a few Perfect Strangers episodes as the elevator operator before that. So it's clearly a uh, the Perfect Strangers is a prequel uh, to family. <laughs> That's right. Family yeah, lives. I mean we're probably going to go back and watch it just for that reason, just because <laughs> Harry, it's the best. We, I thought that was I didn't know. That. I thought that was interesting. I'm not quite as familiar with Perfect Strangers, but it's technically a spinoff of Perfect Strangers. Urkel. Uh, I just probably understood he he was only written to be in one episode, a brief mm-hmm. 
appearance in the show just kind of as a side character uh, about halfway through the first season and then became all that the show the show yeah, was about. Centered so, around him. Yeah, yeah, he showed up and there's a big response to it. And so they decided to, to keep him in. Uh, so popular, in fact, that uh, in 1991, it's kind of had a Bart Simpson effect. And he, there was a serial named after Urkel called Urkelos. He was on lunchboxes and T-shirts and backpacks and all sorts of stuff. It was kind of this commercial boom where everybody wanted something with Urkel's face on it. I don't quite recall that as a, as a kid, but I do recall Urkelos. I remember seeing those in grocery stores. Yeah, I was just going to ask if you had any of those pieces of merchandise, but it doesn't sound like you do, I, I didn't, but I remember it being like a, a, a very socially relevant thing. Uh, Jaleel White, that played Urkel, actually plays eight different parts uh-huh. in the run of the show, which is amazing. He plays Urkel, he plays Stefan Urquell, uh-huh. of course, which is... <laughs> Let's talk about him a little bit. We will. We'll, we'll okay. get there. He okay. plays uh, Myrtle Urkel. Sure. Uh, Stevel, the ventriloquist, the, the very low voice of Stevel, and among some others, some other relatives of his, but eight different parts That's crazy. Uh, in the show, which is which is pretty pretty uh, pretty impressive. It, uh, Family Matters is the second longest running African American sitcom in television history, behind only The Jeffersons, longer than The Cosby Show or any other uh, show that would come up against it. Uh, I thought that was interesting. Nine yeah, that's seasons. Incredible. It's it's uh, it's was pretty high accomplishment. So let's talk about the characters in the show. There are, first of all, two Judys, uh-huh. who is the youngest sister. There uh-huh. is one Judy for the very first episode and then is replaced by a different actress uh-huh. uh, for the rest of Judy's tenure, which only goes through the fourth season. Uh, the actress that eventually played Judy, the youngest sister, just kind of disappeared. There's, yep. From what I can read... Haunted, it, it, haunted the set after that? Well, or, it's, it uh... says specifically she walked up the stairs in one scene and just never walked back down. Oh, uh, that, that's that's, it's just she's that's gone. So, creepy. so and There was... Uh, <laughs> contract dispute and some things I think that sure, happened and sure, so they just decided yeah. uh, you know, need to make some more room for more Urkel and so Judy uh, suffered from that and then finally um, there are two Harriets of also course, maybe yes. more more famously there's uh, Joe Marie Payton which is just you know just the best the original she Harriet. really is she's <clears throat> the she's the best yeah you know she she plays Harriet through the first eight and a half seasons mm-hmm. and then just decided to take off in the middle of the ninth season and so they had a different actress come in and play Harriet for the balance of those episodes which is uh, which is really uncomfortable. Not not her fault. It just felt really weird. In fact, I made a note when we got to the ninth season in some of those episodes uh, that it's, it says uh, fake Harry needs to get away from Carl right now. <laughs> okay. um, which is, I got a little little more aggressive about that than I thought yeah, I would. That's weird. Uh, it was it was like watching the Twilight Zone. It was like who is this lady and why is she pretending she's Harriet and why is no one pointing out that she is not Harriet? Yeah, it's it's um it's weird because it's, it's not only a it's because it's not an actress that's trying to do an impersonation of the original yeah. Harriet, like a very different character yeah. along with a different, you know, different actress altogether. And so it was, uh, it was a little strange. Yeah, it was weird. It was super weird, especially, I mean, it, it's hard to do that on any level, but because Harriet was just such a great character, it, yeah, it was just really, it was just really jarring. Yeah. So, uh, so as we start to wrap up our, our close-ups here, Colin, any other notes that you had that, uh... Yeah, uh, I kept wondering, when does John McClane show up? Yeah, I, I was wondering when we were going to get into that. The, in fact, yep. the very first <laughs> note I made, uh, on the page before I wrote anything else was Sergeant Al Powell, yep. uh, exclamation point. That's right. Uh, is in the house. Of course, uh, <laughs> uh, uh Reginald Vell Johnson famously playing, playing Sergeant Al Powell in Die Hard, the movie that, um, you know, it will eventually be recognized for what it is, which is the greatest uh, movie of all time. Yeah, I mean, we just have to wait for all time to have happened before Every, we can right, decide we don't, that. It's, it's, it, right. I think we know at this point it will be. Oh, but yeah, you know, Graduate, Casablanca, Citizen Kane, Die Hard. Yeah, no, great second place finishers. I get it. Interestingly enough, Die Hard coming out in 1988 and this show starting in 1989. So chronologically, Mr. L. Johnson playing this part presumably after uh, any fame it had, which I think there was. It was a fairly oh, I think successful so. movie, yeah. and so I'm oh, sure I that contributed so. a little bit to the, the popularity of the show, was people being familiar with his part in that Yeah, movie. and probably, you know, casting him in this as a police officer, I think it's probably connected. I like to imagine that it's all part of the same world. This is the Die hard verse Sure, that maybe he was working undercover for Die Hard, and that was his undercover name. Yeah. 
Yeah, that makes sense. That's ridiculous. I, I cannot. Know. I don't know. I can't you don't know how you it happens. Insult me and our listeners. Okay. By Here it goes. Just your conspiracy theories are never ending. Here it goes. Uh, so a couple other notes I, I wrote down here. <laughs> I wrote. <laughs> I wrote down in one of the earlier seasons. Uh, Urkel burnt down Leroy's and should go to jail. He's an arsonist. Yeah, he's um, a menace. Yeah, you know that was that was a sadder turn in the show and when, when but they it, kind of it played led off to and, a good thing. Sort of. I think. I feel like Rachel's they tried to place. kind of, no pun intended, pull it out of the fire by yeah. having Leroy show up and be like, "I'm going to retire and go live on the beach." And I'm yeah, like, he went crazy. I'm like, I think this, this little dude just burnt down your uh, your business. There yep. might be some lawsuits involved, but uh, nonetheless, Sabe seems to get off uh, scot free. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, it wrote down, "Flattered Carl is the best." Flattered Carl is just the is is just my spiritual guide through life. <laughs> I, I wrote that the season nine Halloween episode is legit scary. Yep. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I've, it was no joke. Somewhat disturbing. It involves uh, a couple of ventriloquist dummies coming to life and dancing and chasing other people around the house and bursting through doors and literally furniture. asking them for their soul. Yeah. There's a vin- there's a dummy of Steve Urkel named uh-huh. Stevel, uh-huh. Uh, and yep. then one of Carl named Carlsbad. Greatest names ever. And by then the way. A, an, an epilogue where they show up and do a Vegas review. Uh, with the, which I could not even. I had to. I had to stop it. Like I couldn't even get through it. Can't it was confirm. just. It was. It was horrifying. Uh, and so kudos to the writers for yep. that, that Halloween episode. And then the last. The last note I, I'll, I'll make here, which is kind of a, a non sequitur, but something that that came up for me is the more I listened to Urkel, especially with some of the high pitched stuff, I felt like I recognized his voice from other things, and it dawned on me it's very similar to the voice from a show called American Dad, which is, uh, I think, an underrated animated show on television. There's a character named Steve Smith, who's the son on the show, who has a very similar mannerisms and voice to Urkel <laughs> okay. to the point where I feel like there might have been some relationship between that character. You sure he's uh, not voiced by Jaleel White? It's, you know, it, it, it wouldn't. I know he's not, but it, it oh, wouldn't okay. surprise well, me if he was. that's interesting. Yeah. Any of the notes before we wrap yeah, up? Yeah, well, I had a lot that I wanted to say about Stefan Urquell. Well, let's let it out. Yeah, no, I I thought that was one of the like turning points in the show as far as oh we're all just going to pretend that you know Steve Urkel is some genius scientist. It was crazy, but I you know I wondered how much of that was because Jaleel White, as you talked about, was so famous, lunchboxes, bed sheets, whatever else that he kind of pushed back a little bit and said, people only think of me as a nerd and, mm-hmm. you know, I have to grow Why? up and date <laughs> and do all the other things that people do when they become adults. And maybe he wanted a way for the world to think of him differently and mm-hmm. that thus Stefan was born. You know, he's a he's an interesting character to watch, especially because his clothes are so big. Well, he's the coolest. He is the coolest. He's, he's the coolest man in the world. Apparently. It was a statement that's actually made about him in the show. <laughs> yeah, you know, Stefan, I, I, I don't know that I find that part of the show particularly interesting, but I, I do think it shows some pretty good acting range for, for Jill. Sure. Well, like, say what you want about Urkel. Like, he's, he's a very divisive character. Some people love him, some people hate him, some people are somewhere in the middle, uh, probably like me. And so, uh, but I, I think the ability to, to play both of those parts in the same seeing the physical comedy that they it's it's not an easy thing to pull off and so sure. you know it's it's it, it's a weird turn to take to just kind of show up and say well I'm going to be the opposite and, and kind of be whatever super cool uh, in in 1994 but it does it very well yeah it works it, it works so well in fact that I had a really hard time believing that Laura would actually pick Steve Urkel in the end when they both proposed. You know, because here's why. Well, it's good to know that you don't believe in love. (laughs) Okay. Here's why. I'll give you the exact reason why. Steve Urkel is a a genius, of course. Very smart. Does all sorts of great things. He's very sweet. He loves Laura very much. But Stefan Urquell um, I feel like that's not right. I feel like it's Stefan or Urkel. Is supposed to be everything that Steve Urkel is, plus he's cool and, you know, good looking or whatever. Why wouldn't she just pick him? Because it's because he's because he's too he's because A, he's not real. Okay. Alright, that's <laughs> the first thing. By the way, it? this was after they cloned Steve Urkel mm-hmm. and turned him into Stefan. So right. it was where the two of them were living simultaneously right. in the world. Basically, Laura at that point is is dating a, a, a sentient pilot. 
pile of goo. Yeah. Uh, you know, so that's the first problem. <laughs> Look, it's better than the other outcome of cloning, which is let's just murder one of them. Well, we'll get <laughs> That's there. what yeah, I was expecting would happen. I question. had forgotten. You can confirm. I, I turned to you and said, so they just murder one of them later? Yeah. Or what? There's, What's going there's on some, here? There's some questions about uh, <laughs> the outcome of, of what came out of that cloning machine. But I, um, guess, I guess he just moved on, met some other girl. I don't know. Yeah. Well, it's, you know, it's, it's uh, every every good plot in Family Matters is well-known ends with murder. I okay. Think. Yeah. So, so on that note, we'll go ahead and wrap up close-ups uh, and we'll have the orchestra play us out. Now it's time for our most unpopular take. Let's get over dramatic. Cliff, do you want to start us off? Sure, yeah. I, I think um, my overdramatic take is going to come as no surprise to anyone, which is that the, the show, uh, you know, I, we started watching the show, we started our rewatch, and we watched the first two episodes, and it was just magic. Uh, <laughs> I, I, it really was. Like, I'm not a, I'm not a particularly sentimental person, but man, it was, it, 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 it just... Felt, like home cooking. Oh, it felt so good. And so, you know, we watched it, and then as we started to watch, Urkel shows up, and the show becomes something different, right? I'm not going to say it gets worse or better. It just becomes a different show. Uh, and so my overdramatic take is that this show is at its best without Urkel. So, you know, episodes one and two, I, I think, were, were really good. And the first half of the first season felt like a, the show I wanted to watch, and it became a show that was interesting, but not not the same show I felt like that captured what was uh, what was the essence of uh, of the Winslows and and, uh, and what I wanted to see? Yeah, I'll I'll be perfectly honest. My unpopular opinion is really really similar, basically identical. In that, I kind of want to watch the show without Urkel. I want eight season and nine nine seasons really. I want nine seasons, one of which is on CBS of Family Matters without Steve Urkel stopping by. I just I just thought it was so strong and it was so funny and it and it was just a great dynamic on its own. I just didn't think that it needed him. Yeah, you know, and, and clearly the 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 producers made the correct decision in keeping him. Like it took off. I mean, it was yeah. indeed dominated. Uh, you know, the 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 show, but I, I think kind of drove the popularity to it. Might not have been as popular, but I to me like a better a remedy for this situation would have been an Urkel spinoff and let's we can have a show about Urkel and if you want to watch that cool but uh we're going to have a the, the what is family matters about the the Winslows it's going to kind of remain centered around around the family yeah I agree completely I think I think Harriet and Carl really just carried it for me yeah for sure so 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 over dramatic takes that aren't aren't really all that over dramatic uh perhaps maybe, maybe it is somebody out there is real mad about this statement perhaps well so Julia White perhaps uh, it's not Lil- against him personally. I think he's great. Yeah, I really Lil- do. If you're, if you're listening, you did a great job. We, yeah. we we're literally pushing for you to have your very own show. Yeah. Uh, even today. Yeah. I, it's, let's reboot <laughs> the Urkel show uh-huh. and bring it all back. Let's see what he's up to. Uh, you know, 20, 30 years later. He's probably an astronaut. So with that, we'll take a quick break. Uh, we'll come back and give out some awards, give out some scores, and talk a little bit more about Family Matters. Stay with us. And we're back on the showdown. Now, let's get gussied up. It's Dundee time. Cliff, do you want to get us started? I think we should start with the worst, just because we both like this show so much. Sure, yeah, let's do that. So my my worst, Dundee, the word for worst of uh, of Family Matters was uh, there were a couple of a couple of frontrunners. The pirate episode was up there. I thought that was a pretty significant uh, misstep and some other, you know, like I said, questionable science decisions. <laughs> uh, but but the word my ultimately my award uh, went to the season seven producers for failing to acknowledge that they surely had to kill that Urkel clone. We, we touched on it before, but I, I think there's a, I think there's a dark secret in the basement <laughs> of the Winslows, which is just a big pile of dead Urkel clones. Oh, uh, amongst some other things, who knows what else they put through that, that machine before, uh, before they were finished with their hijinks. And I, I think the harsh reality of what had to happen to deal with that situation was glossed over too easily by the producers. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think there's, I think there's a lot of weird stuff going on. You know, my worst is really, really similar. I had written down the time travel episode, but I really think it's just any time the science goes off the rails. You know, the the porta potty that turned him into Stefan, or the cloning machine. You mean the UTC? Okay, it's not porta potty, Colin. 
It was a porta potty. It's the Urkel transformation console chamber. 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 The Urkel <laughs> transformation chamber. How dare you? Yeah, Not a well, porta john. <laughs> Whatever it is, it's weird. And <laughs> the writers were clearly like, eh, why not? You know, which which good for them. They got yeah. away with it. I think it was a little funny. What's crazy is usually when shows get science fictiony and weird, I'm all into it. You know, The Leftovers is probably the best example of that. Mm-hmm. But you know, I just, I was just, oh, we're going back in time. Like part of the problem with the time travel episode is everybody knows time travel is invented. You go back and you kill Hitler. Step number one, obviously. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Taking Carl to a pirate ship is step two. Well, Carl Winslow asked you to go to a pirate ship. Are you going to say no to Carl? No, I wouldn't say no to yeah. Carl Winslow. I'm just saying I would recommend to Carl we first kill Hitler. <laughs> okay. I don't know. Perhaps. <laughs> well, anyway. perhaps on that pirate ship was Hitler's great-great-grandfather. Maybe. We don't know. Maybe. That's don't know. true. We don't know that. Uh, so, I'll, so I'll talk about my, my, my best then, which is probably pretty pretty easily uh, identified, which is, which is Harriet Winslow. Uh, I'd love Harriet Winslow. She's she's just to me she's the best character in the show. She's very real. She's very funny. She gets some good lines. She's very grounded. She's believable uh, as a as a mom as the head of the household. She's kind of the most realistic character in a in a in a group of semi realistic characters, but some kind of outlandish characters. I think wrote specifically about her <clears throat> regarding this award. Uh, Harriet Winslow living her truth. Mm-hmm. America's mom. Yep. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and I think that's uh, it's enough said. She's she's my, she's the best to me. Yeah, uh, mine mine is right along the same lines. Uh, it is about Harriet. I got very specific. My best moment in the show is when Harriet loses her job as the elevator operator, and she's applying for jobs, and she's having a hard time finding one, and she wants to apply for this head of security, and so she does, and the guy, the man, tells her that she is not qualified, and mm-hmm. she says. In true Lily Tomlin, Dolly Parton mm-hmm. fashion, yep. she gives it to him yep. and speaks about her qualifications as a result of many, many years as a mom. And, and she just spoke her truth. And it was really empowering and beautiful. And I don't know, it's it's silly to talk about it in this sense so oh many boy. years later, mm-hmm. but... It was just really great. Here we go. It was great. It, it was, yeah. It, it kind of, it, it certainly, you know, a, a written in a time of the show when there was a little bit more idealism and the lessons they were trying to convey were a little more broad. I, I, I think, and certainly, uh, certainly appreciate it. I think that was that was a, a worthy award. So, uh, yeah. unfortunately, again this Weird. week, there, none of the recipients are here to accept their award. So uh, we will accept them on their behalf and uh, happily go and do, deliver those to, to Chicagoland area. Yeah, uh, unfortunately, we had fake Harriet offer to take them. Oh yeah, <laughs> but, uh, we told her to get on we, out of here. To, so get out of here, fake. We Harriet. had to reject that mm-hmm. idea. <laughs> yep, uh, not happening. So, uh, so with that. Yeah, we've oh, gone uh, way over. We'll, we'll, uh, yep. we'll now have the, the Showdown Orchestra play us out. All right. So, Colin, uh, it's time to now uh, get serious. we got to go before Judge Stone. we got to give our closing arguments. And most importantly, we have to pass almighty judgment. All right. So closing arguments, of course, is the part of the show where we go through and try and sum up our feelings about uh, the show and, of course, give it uh, a score. Those scores are, are given on a scale of one to five stars. Uh, and in true star search fashion, are then added up for a total score uh, of zero out of ten stars, which will then be plugged in to the great pantheon of showdown reviews to see where it stacks up against other shows that we've that we've discussed. And so, uh, so Colin, would you like to go first? With yeah, yeah, I would love to. Um, I would say my closing arguments. I have them written out. At its best, it's a very funny and heartwarming family comedy that shows an African American family in an aspirational way without ever calling attention to diversity or the fact that they were an African American family. Which which I think is incredibly valuable, incredibly important at the time. It's There's no way they could have known this, but it, it's so fascinating to watch 
this show aged so much better than the Cosby show for reasons, of course, that we won't get into. But, uh, you know, it's just one of those that it was a true American family in a diverse and normal way. And I thought mm-hmm. I thought it was incredible. Uh, at its worst, however, it's a series of cliches and catchphrases that relies too much on insane science fiction. But despite all of that, good episodes, bad episodes, I was laughing, my heart was touched and warmed. Okay. (laughs) Um, But, uh, you know, I just thought overall it was just, it was just a really great show. I Mm -hmm. gave it four stars. Four stars. That's that's a a, a reasonable score. Yeah. So I'll go ahead and get into mine and we can can talk about uh, how we differ uh, and how wrong perhaps you are. You can't get mad at me for giving it four stars. That's a great score. Can and have. Uh, So my closing argument, I, I... I put specifically, this show is like a never-ending family hug, wrapping a rainbow, riding a majestic unicorn. Um, it, it's, you know, to me, it, it, again, I'm sentimentally attached to this show at the hip, and so I'm predisposed to like it and remember uh, how I felt about it when I was a kid and the fact that I wanted to be a Winslow. I, I, it was just a, a family that really really was, was kind of part of uh, part of how I remember growing up watching television. So, But beyond that, the show, I think you kind of mentioned it before, it, it was a successful show. It was commercially successful, successful in the ratings. It was on for nine seasons in the demographic that it was shooting for in the sitcoms. I mean, it was dominant. It was around for a long time. Uh, significant that it, it is a family, a, a sitcom that features an African American family, like you said, without calling attention to that, but kind of being true to the uh, to, to the the way that they they live and the, you know the, the kind of the uh, the culture that they're a part of. I think it, it's really something that's important. Uh, that's not been done so well, I think, in the history of television. They they did a, a pretty good job, in my estimation, here, and and I think that's important to to mention. So successful on many fronts, uh, not to mention the fact that I just. Uh, I just love the show. <laughs> um, so I, I would have given it a perfect score. I, I actually had down uh, at, at five stars, which is the most that can be given. I deducted 0.4 stars for Urkel Overload, uh, uh-huh. leaving it at a, a 4.6, which I think is still a pretty pretty reasonable score uh, in, in my book. And had there been an Urkel spinoff, you know, boy... They could have gotten that five star rating. That's right. That's right. Really Who knows kick, what score I would really have given kick, it? Really kicking themselves probably over that. Yeah. Uh, so I think that that puts us at a total score of eight point six stars, which I think is a new uh, new high score. So I Family so, Matters yeah. is going to move to the top of the leaderboard. And good luck anybody trying to unseat uh, Family Matters from here on out. So so with that, we'll go ahead and take that score. We need to log it on the leaderboard. We've got to fill out a whole bunch of paperwork uh, with this score. There's <laughs> yeah, all sorts of true. licenses and things that we have to fill out. So we'll take a break now uh, to go and do that. We'll be right back. Get ready to play some games, everybody. All right. Welcome, everybody, back to the showdown. Colin, it is now my favorite part uh, of the show. It's time for bonus rounds. Are you ready to play some games? I am. I'm very excited. All right. Let's do it. All right. So, of course, bonus rounds is where we uh, we step up to our big wheel of uh, of games that are all by everybody's definition pretty stupid, including yeah, they're ours. Pretty dumb. But yeah. we love to play them. Uh, we'll play them in the context, of course, of the show that we're talking about today, which is the great and brand new showdown champion, Family Matters. <laughs> uh, you know, so we'll spin the wheel. We'll we'll play three games. Uh, and at the end of those three games, we'll determine a, a winner, uh, and then we'll we'll uh, see what happens from there. So, Colin, would you like to spin yeah, the wheel? I will. Here we go. Oh boy! So, oh, oh yeah. it looks like we've landed on designated survivor. It's dark. So, designated dark. survivor, as I'm sure everyone remembers, <laughs> is the game where uh, we have to claim which character from the show we would save where there's some sort of attack and there were only room in the bomb shelter for one person. Which one person from the show Family Matters makes it into that bomb shelter? Colin, would you like to go for Yeah, it? yeah. I would say as much as I love Harriet Winslow... I, I think I have to go with Carl Winslow just because, you know, he's a he's a police officer. He has police training. He's an expert 
in uh, difficult scenarios mm-hmm. and he mm-hmm. has dealt with a lot of nonsense in his life. I, th- I think he would do a really good job taking care of the world. That's a that's a great answer. That's a really great answer, Colin. Um, so now I'm going to give you the correct answer, okay. uh, which is uh, which will, will be a shock at first. <laughs> I'll explain why. The person that I would choose to make it into that bomb shelter, of course, is, is Stephen Q. Urkel. Uh, you know, Q stands for quickly get into that bomb shelter because <laughs> Steve Urkel is the only member of the show that would be able to go into the bomb shelter. When everything's clear, he can come back out. He can rebuild his time machine, go back in time to prevent whatever caused the nuclear attack and save everyone. So just to recap, your answer saves Carl and everyone else is gone, which is just really sad. My answer saves everyone, uh, not only in the Winslows, but perhaps everyone on on Earth. And so it's, it's from that, it's hard to, to judge a correct answer, but I, I feel like it's probably going to lean on the on the side of mine. So I'll go ahead and take that uh, that first point. Uh, would you would you agree with that assessment? Yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. Okay. You're so enthusiastic. Um, <laughs> so, but the good news is that's only round one. There's two more that's rounds right. to play. That's so, right. I'm so feeling per- lucky. Yeah, perhaps you'll you'll do better this this next time here. Perhaps not. Yeah. So I'll I'll go spin ahead spin the wheel. <laughs> So I'll go ahead and spin the wheel here a second time, and we'll see what we land on. Here we go. Oh, boy. Oh, Oh, boy. This This is is a good one. So it landed on uh, sneaky binders. Are we going to play the whole theme song? Oh, yeah. I'm letting it play. This is a great theme song. It's a great theme song. So, of course, the theme song from a show some of you may recognize... Peaky Blinders, one of one of my favorite Netflix shows, is something that I, I think is um, a lot of fun. Uh, the reason that we call this game Sneaky Binders specifically is this is a game where we try and anticipate uh, how our parents might mispronounce the name of this show, as parents are prone to do, and as we probably uh, either do now or certainly will do uh, with our with our kids. And so uh, this is a good example of what that might sound like. I recommended that my parents watch the show Peaky Blinders, uh, and a few weeks back in return was told that they really enjoyed the show. Show sneaky binders, yep. and we're happy that I had recommended it to them. This is this is not an exaggeration. Those are the exact words that came out of their mouth. Oh, this is one example of, of so many so that many. perhaps one day we'll get into. But for now, the, the point of this game is to try and come up with uh, what the, the the name of this uh, of this show would sound like were it to be run through the filter of of, of anyone's wonderful parents. That, sure, that sure. Looking. So, Colin, would you like to go first? Actually, I think you should go first since you won the first. Oh, round. So sure, certainly, I'll be happy to. So, uh, my my take on this is that I, I think there's going to be a mix of 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 not only kind of misconstruing the name of the show but also perhaps the last name of the family i think there might be kind of a, a double whammy going there and so my, my guess is going to be it's going to be described to me somehow as uh, family winston's Oh, that's good. Yeah, yeah. I, it feels like yeah. that's kind of in the zone of how that might come back around. Yeah, yeah, that's a really good answer. I think my answer is much more accurate. No offense to yours, of course, <laughs> but I think I'm I'm pretty sure everyone's parents in the early '90s called it the Steve Urkel Show. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's probably true. Yeah, <laughs> that's probably true. Yeah. So, uh, so well, so I look. I, if I'm a gentleman, if nothing else, I can I can I can tell you that sure for round that? two, <laughs> it's, I've not been told directly, but I feel like that's probably the case. So I, I I think that point probably goes to you for that that round. That's a that's a that's a pretty good answer. I think that's probably. Uh, I, I can hear that coming out of the mouth of of, uh, of, of my parents for yeah. sure right this yep. right this moment perhaps. Uh, so let's let's play one more round to Absolutely. determine the yeah. winner here. Let's I'm gonna spin here. Oh boy. Yep. It looks like yep. we've landed on everyone's favorite yep. with the longest and greatest theme song. This is the Wide World of Jorts. Jorts. The thrill of victory and the agony of defeat. The human drama of fashion. Competition. (laughs) This is ABC's Wide World. Jorts. 
Oh boy. So <laughs> I, I'm I'm both so not proud of that and also pretty proud of that. Yeah. It's really dumb. Why not? Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> I like it. Homemade, in case you couldn't tell. So <laughs> yeah. um, so of course, the wide world of jorts is the game where very simply we pick out the worst dressed person in the show and give our our defense as to why we believe they're the worst dressed person. So Colin, I went first uh, in the in the last round here. I, I think it's probably appropriate sure. for you to go first. Sure. So. Now a lot of you will probably expect that I would say Steve because uh, somehow, in addition to dressing like a nerd, all of his clothes are both somehow too big and too small. Mm-hmm. But in fact, my worst dress award goes to the Lionel Richie kid with the mullet. Wow. You know, <laughs> I don't even have anything else to say about it. So Just disrespectful. Lionel Richie kid. Of course, kid. Rachel's son, uh-huh. uh, the, the nephew of, of, the, of the, the Winslow uh, mother and father, um, I believe his name is is Richie. I don't know. I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm <laughs> I don't having know. a hard time. He's not in the show very much, and so I, I don't actually. We didn't see a lot of him in our rewatch. I I believe his name actually may, might be Richie. But please feel free to write us and uh, send us some nasty grabs on yeah, Twitter if that's not. I definitely remembered his hair. So that's that's he does have some crazy hair. So I'll I'll, I'll my answer I'll, I'll give you is uh, at least related. It, it's it's your answer adjacent. Uh-huh. Uh, I believe that the worst dressed character in the show is in fact Aunt Rachel. We haven't talked a lot about uh, as as of yet. She kind of shows up a lot in the beginning, and then kind of she's there for the the entire run of the show, but uh, really sporadic appearances in in later seasons. But always wearing uh, some some trendy clothes. She's single, but you know it, it starts out as a, the widow in the show, which is not the happiest uh, beginning. But is is you know kind of single and 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 kind of dresses that way, very progressive. And she's an author and and all that sort of stuff. But is always wearing some sort of god awful hat on her head and so my my theory perhaps that relates to yours which hopefully will put me over the top here we'll we'll go to the fan vote we'll see we'll see my i i think perhaps the conspiracy is that she actually has the same hair as her son and wears these awful hats to cover up the fact that she also has some crazy mullet looking uh haircut that needs to be contained contained i like her hair i think she looks nice head wrapper okay well (laughs) you've never seen her hair because she always has some sort of crazy hat on she doesn't have a hat there well let's see so we do have it on in the background i I think this is this is the opening yeah there we go yeah it's only a matter of time so uh so let's take a look at the fan vote here as it comes in okay it's uh, not real there's no real fan vote. so it's it's going back and forth it's really close colin it's really close um okay so it's settled on it's 52 to 48 uh, for me. So So it was really close. You almost won this time, but uh, my win streak stays alive, which I'm, uh, I'm, I'm certainly happy about. And that uh, it by, by my count puts me, uh, head certainly for this show as well at, uh, at at two to one, which you look really excited about. I can tell yeah, on your oh, face yeah. that you're uh, you're happy I'm, for my success. I'm proud of you. Well, that's that's really great. So <laughs> so with that, we'll we'll kind of we'll wrap it up here. Uh, let's say thanks for joining us here. We hope everybody had a good time playing along with us. Uh, we'll say if you stick around after the uh, after the credits here, we've got a special special surprise song after our uh, after our in tag that you might want to listen to, which is one of my personal uh, personal favorites. Uh, by all means, please visit us at www.showdownpodcast.com you can listen to latest episodes you can send us an email you can follow us on Twitter uh, at uh, the showdown 6 uh, and interact with us give some questions we'll be happy to answer anything you might have show suggestions all that type of stuff we'd love to hear from you Uh, and with that of course I'm Cliff I'm Colin and this is the showdown signing off